Bleacher Creatures Podcast. Bleacher Creature. 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 Bleacher Creature himself. And we are live, episode 11 of the Bleacher Creatures Podcast. Of course, as always, brought to you by Jones and for Sports. We make sports better. And if you haven't already, uh, please head over to social media, you know, all the platforms. Both the Bleacher Creatures and Jones and for Sports are on there. So please give us a like, comment, follow, subscribe, do whatever you got to do. Uh, as always, I am here with the incomparable Mr. John. What's going on, Chief? How we doing? Doing pretty, pretty good. Uh, I was doing a hell of a lot better last night when I thought that Antonio Brown would go freeze his nuts off in Buffalo. That was not going to happen. You knew he was not going to end up playing for the Bills. And like I told you, the whole reason that didn't happen is because he said he wouldn't play for Buffalo. Well, you know what's funny? For a player who has who doesn't have a no-trade clause, he why does. does he? No, but he might as well, right? That's what I'm saying. He has he, There's no no-trade clause. Who has this much power over an organization while they've spent the entire offseason Bad mouth. Has this much power over them. He has this much power over other teams. Yeah, I don't. I don't understand this. I'd say fucking it, trade it, him. It seems as though unless it's it's kind of like Le'Veon Bell, either big market or good team, or most or obviously both, and that's it. That's yeah. all he'll accept. At a certain point, I don't understand this. This to me, if the roadblocks are clear, I don't understand why John Lynch hasn't called up the Steelers and been like, all right, let's just bring him to San Francisco. He says he wants to come here. It just makes perfect. It, it makes too much sense at this point. And hey, the asking price no probably why. went down. You could swing at least probably a second, which if you're the Niners, that's, I understand, it's the second pick of the second round. It's like more or less the equivalent of a first. But I don't, I don't understand what the hesitation is. You need, a, you need a goddamn receiver when Jimmy comes back. I completely, man, I completely agree. Right, and that receiver can't be like Pierre Garçon. Or somebody who's no. way over the hill. They were in a cup here, or so. Uh, I, I, yeah, I completely agree. I, AB would be perfect there. Shanahan's offense. You got McKinnon coming back. Jimmy G can throw the ball. He seems like a perfect quarterback for Antonio Brown. Their style of play matches up. I have no idea why it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I, I don't fucking. I don't know. Unless they're just gonna wait for this asking price to completely go down. But they haven't been one of the teams who even called. Yeah. You know, you know, I, this seems so weird that John Lynch is in a position where he has money, he has highly coveted draft picks, and Antonio Brown says, a top five wide receiver says, I want to go play there, and you don't want to do it? No, they don't. Like, I can understand you could use that second overall pick for apparently now Nick Bosa, but... right. Like, are we'll you fucking kidding me? Swing your second or swing your third. Like, we're not asking you for George know. Kittle. They, they haven't even called. I know. I don't get this shit, man. I don't. It makes some some things in the NFL makes no sense. Well, didn't he, what? Didn't Antonio Brown do an interview with ESPN saying, "I don't even need football"? Like, you know. Then he comes up, he sounds crazy. In the well, to be fair, to be fair, Antonio Brown looks and is acting right now You're like psyched. a crackhead who decided to turn his mustache blonde and then stick a fork in power outlet. I think he's just shot somehow. 
I don't know what the fuck happened. Maybe turning 30 just destroyed him. I don't know. Maybe he's in a midlife crisis. But well, either way, it's not helping Pittsburgh. They wanted him out. They said Friday is their deadline. I'm sure. They I'm sure they were going to trade him. Obviously, you would. You would assume they are. Where? Well, I don't. Teams that, no team well, want him. This is the problem. I don't know. So if he wants to sit out, I mean, I'm desensitized to it, courtesy of Le'Veon Bell. I mean, if he's not playing anywhere, that's better than him playing for a contender in the AFC or in, or in the NFC. I agree. Yeah, I'm gonna say, what's what's the rush to play him or, well, or trade him? I, I just don't understand how no team wants him. And also, I'm pretty sure if he doesn't play, we don't have to pay. I'm not sure on that. Well, Le'Veon had to week 11 last year to show up. He didn't, so we didn't. So he forfeited his year's salary. I don't know what Le'Veon or what Antonio Brown would do. I don't know. I, no, I, don't I, think that's a, I think that that's a CBA issue. I don't think he's going to sit out. I don't imagine he would either. Especially if we come out and we're actually good. Then you'd have to think, you know, if, if his problem is with Ben, but he's cool with the other 50 players on that team. I don't know. I'd like to think Antonio just, Brown's a good enough dude to not quit Brown. on his fucking, you just got to report. Yeah, Antonio Brown was completely unwilling to go to Buffalo, period. It wasn't even a matter of any money at that point. So the Bills would not take him, obviously. Well, no shit. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, god damn it! This is this is this is so infuriating. Like, just if you if you didn't, uh, I don't I don't get this shit. The Bills and and Steelers agreed to a deal too. It says. I know. They would have. They probably would have given up their second. Maybe the first. Who knows? But <clears throat> the good news is Antonio Brown is not in Cleveland. Not yet. Uh, he may not be unless they're the only team remaining. Like, we didn't hear shit about Buffalo, and then they came out of nowhere. Yeah. So, you know what? This And they have till Wednesday to make a trade. Because uh, that's when all these trades, like, you know, case in point, Michael Bennett to the Patriots... They can. They don't get processed until uh, Wednesday anyway of next week. Where do you think he ends up right now? Who Antonio? You think the Jets sweep in? I could see the Jets doing it. I could see the 49ers realizing that they have a golden opportunity to help themselves. And the Steelers wouldn't mind him going back. Absolutely not. We would love to see him go to San Francisco. We only we would right. yeah we'd only play him realistically two times for the remainder of his career. I agree. Um, I could see a team like maybe Seattle. Um, you know, I something something tells me, or I could even see the Rams because they've shown a propensity for going out and making a deal. And okay, and I don't think no offense to the Rams, but like at thirty one, your draft pick is not your draft pick can help you immediately, but the Rams don't need a lot, a lot of help. No. And I think the Rams prefer like for Eric agency. Weddle's about to sign there, actually. Was he? Yeah. That, that yeah. That, well, considering they're going to lose Joyner, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that makes total sense. But, yeah, but case in point, the Rams have shown that they, they seem to prefer established NFL talent over going the draft route for a lot of things. For sure. That's why they always make a free agency splash. Well, what do you? All right. Well, where do you think he ends up? Uh, if I put my 
money on the table, I'm still going to guess uh, San Francisco. I think the, the, the opportunity is too golden. Antonio Brown says he wants to go there, which would mean Kevin Colbert would have to be trying to pry. And you, I would take the, that second-round pick from the Niners. I wouldn't need their first-round pick. Or I give me like you know some give me give me something, <laughs> just it, it, find a yeah. way to make it work with the right team. But Antonio Brown running around like a freaking loose cannon crackhead's not helping either. He needs to just shut the fuck up and either accept or decline the trade, which apparently he has the power to do now. What about you know what I? I... I gotta say, I think he's unfortunately the Jets are in the running for this. I wouldn't mind him going to the Jets. Um, well, I'll tell you what, if they get him, I guarantee you they get Bell. Yeah, that would help a lot. That's why I think the Jets make sense. Because let's be real, of the teams that need Le'Veon Bell, the Jets are definitely high on that list. And the Jets also fit the need of, you know, running back needy, and have the money to pay him. All right, but what what about this? What about All right, how about All right, hold on, let me Okay. What do you got? So, he's not going to go to any of the AFC con, immediate contending teams, right? Yeah. That's out. They already said they won't do that. Right. Okay, so if we won't do that, what AFC teams have the finances to to pay acquire. at least half of Brown's contract and have the the capital. So the Jets, the Dolphins, yep. right there. And I can and, and Antonio grew up in Miami. So the Raiders? Can, yep. Okay. Um then go to the NFC. I mean, the NFC, the 49ers have have the money The 49ers have. have a dickload of money and they're and Antonio Brown's basically word that he wants to play there. Right, exactly. Which should and, mean that uh, means everything. I, and Aaron like, Rodgers also have the capability and the, the yeah. Packers. So uh, th- those are the teams that I think he has the best yeah. opportunity. But also, Seattle right. losing Earl Thomas means not, that they can they can help pay for that too. I can see him wanting to go play with Russell Wilson. I yeah, I guess I don't think that's a, as hot as the other spots. No, it's not as hot, but I don't think he would be so quick to reject it. It's not Buffalo. No, no, he wouldn't be at this point. Any of those teams we just mentioned, he would. And I could also, I could potentially also see him being intrigued by <coughs> Indianapolis. No, they, they already said they wouldn't trade him there. Who? Uh, what happened there? Why wouldn't he go to Indianapolis? Yeah, just said no. Oh right, AFC contender. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Well, then again. Well, yeah, let's assume Indy's going to be back in the playoffs, assuming that Jacksonville doesn't run away with that division with Nick Foles. No, but uh, they're, they're, they're content. It just seems, though, any team that last year was a contender, the Jaguars are obviously, they're just the one halfway decent quarterback away. It seems as though they're like, no, not in the AFC. Yeah. Basically what they're saying is we don't want this guy to come here and beat us in the playoffs. Right. You know what I or beat us in a winning end game, um, and that's that's understandable. So, in, in, in they wanted the NFC, yeah. But it seems as though no teams are anting up. So at that point, it's 
the fact that the Steelers already said we're going to trade him by Friday, we want our deal done Friday, and it's Friday, and we haven't heard shit, means they're going to have to lower their asking price. And that's probably what they're talking about right now. Listen, what? Are we willing to take a third rounder for Antonio Brown? Well, I would, I, I could see them taking a third round pick and maybe something along the lines of possibly like a pick and a pick and a player, pick and a body. A body? Come on, Luke. We're talking Antonio Brown, Luke. Well, well, I mean, do people forget this? Antonio Brown is still a top five receiver. We're talking a guaranteed, guaranteed. Eight to ten touchdowns minimum. Ten ten touchdowns, thousand yards. That's not a bad year for this guy. No, I... I, The productivity... Not to mention the double teams that he's going to receive, right? I know. Which... You don't, you, you don't have to tell me about Antonio Brown's productivity. I've watched it every game for it nine years. I do, though, because what I'm saying is how the hell can no team say I'll give you a second-round pick? Because, because he's running around like a crackhead. That would scare me off immediately if I'm a GM. It, it, yes, it would scare me off, but that's how good his talent is, is that I would still inquire. Right, but people... You you're gotta, having trouble getting these teams to inquire. Right, That's because he's also running around bad mouthing. I'm not. I'm not trying to flex here, but he's running around bad mouthing a pit, the Pittsburgh Steelers and a Hall of Fame quarterback. That's not a good look for yeah, either him or the Steelers. Look, but also, the quarterback was bad mouthing him as well. So I think teams can understand that it did go both ways. Right. If that's actually what happened, then yes. Who the fuck knows? But whatever the case may be. To I, it seems I would take a second round pick and a cornerback if I can get one. And a, oh, man, that's a low asking price for him. I, yeah, I guess. I, well, I fill or crazy. give me a linebacker. Give me hey, listen, fill an E. Give me a safety. At this point, it seems as though the fact that if they get anything is unlikely. Yeah. Now speaking of getting things right. It's we yeah. the NFL free agency is upon us. Sure I believe is. next week. We've seen teams like Pittsburgh re-sign Ramon Foster and re-sign Marquise Pouncey, but yeah. that's minor shit. And of, like we all know that. Sure. In let's pretend it's it's you know a month before Christmas and you're a, and you're five year old John. Okay. And all you're asking for from Santa is three players to completely revamp the New York Jets. Yep. Give me your wish list, please. Roger Saffold. Copy that. Not Matt Paradis. Copy that. And Le'Veon Bell. Can I pick can I pick restricted free franchise tag players? Or are we just going no, off? No, gotta be signable. I know you. I know you said Demarcus Lawrence. No, he's a he's he's a he's uh, tagged. Yeah, so I can't count. That's what I'm saying. He yeah. doesn't count. That's what I'm saying. I know you would have picked Demarcus Lawrence. Oh right, I, yeah. I have a bunch of guys that I really would have picked here. Um, uh, this is actually difficult. It's got why the why is Le'Veon Bell not in your equation? Because I don't know if I want to spend that money on him. Well, improving your O-line would help. Let me take my thought process, okay? My thought process here is Le'Veon Bell is obviously the most skilled. Mm -hmm. But 
can I sign a guy like uh, Anthony Barr to make me that much better? Ooh. Yeah, that's a good one. On defense, and and he's a team player. We know, you know what I mean. Yeah, you, you never I, heard of people about I Anthony Barr with that third pick because now I got a, a you know. I can, I can go I can go DJ Metcalf who I really like and trade down. True, but with Metcalf's combine, you don't want to go too far down. I think you could trade down to uh, ten or twelve. Well, who who would trade up in theory to get Metcalf? Jacksonville or Buffalo? I don't think anybody's going to trade up to get anybody in this year's draft unless you're going after a quarterback and you have a guy in mind. True, which means the Giants would probably hold steady at at six. Jacksonville yep. getting Nick Foles means they're out of the QB market, which means Denver doesn't have to trade above them to get Drew Locke. I, mean, no, I don't see too many trade-ups going on here. No, but the two guys who arguably – the three guys who had – all week you heard had the best combines were Dwayne Haskins, Paris, uh, Paris – uh, what the hell is it? Paris Campbell Camp. from Ohio yep. State and DK Metcalf. Yeah, but it doesn't matter their combines. We're talking about Kyler Murray – Apparently had one of the worst combines ever. And yet he's apparently a lock for one now, which makes no goddamn sense because the the Cardinals seem to have no idea what they're doing. I mean, Rosen had no offensive line. Yep. That head was a bum. I'm not that high on Rosen, but I wouldn't exactly say he got a fair shake. Yeah. No, absolutely not. He came into a shitty situation with a team that was going to underachieve anyway. Yeah, I don't get it. Um. Yeah. So my answer on the third. By the way, speaking of Arizona, you think Antonio Brown would go to the Cardinals? No. Really? Because you think he wants to win now? Well, Larry Fitzgerald pretty much said, "Don't come here." You know. Well, that's true. Larry Fitz hates him. So wait till you have a bad quarterback or whatever he said. Right? Yeah. Right. I don't know. I don't think. I think the Cardinals got. They they got some poor piss poor decision making going on there too. Kyler Murray, Josh Rosen, what a mess. Yeah, no, the Cardinals are a goddamn shit show, and I I don't I don't want to say I feel bad for them, but goddamn, they don't have shit. No, they don't. Except for David Johnson, they really don't got nothing. They didn't even use them. That, that's the whole point, which is the, the decision-making is trickling down from the GM down onto the field and into the offensive coordinator. It makes zero goddamn sense. What's the biggest star that you think falls this draft? That I think falls in the draft? I would say... Hmm. By... In terms of what? Bad combine or just has a random fall? It has a random fall. Just somebody that was supposed to go, you know, in the top whatever and just fell. Um, I could see Ed Oliver falling. And okay. for some strange reason, I could see Rashawn Gary falling strictly on scheme fits uh, in the top 10 where he could easily go. I can see Quinnen Williams fall. That's another one. Yep. And by falling, he can go six, seven, or eight, but he is the best player in this draft. 
Probably, yeah. As far as immediate no. impact, yeah. Right? I mean... Yeah, you, you, it, it's, it's weird when you start speculating about who do you, who do, who do you think is going to fall. Personally, I, I'd have to think Ed Oliver is the perfect candidate for that. Yeah. Um, yeah, just, be, just because, like, I, I know we picked him in our mock um, going to, or I picked him going to the Lions. But I, I realistically, I don't see the Lions going D-line, like interior D-line. I think they need an edge more than a nose tackle. Do you think, or let me on that, who do you think? Who, this is the biggest question I want to who will be the second receiver taken off the board? That's a good question. Um, I don't think it's Campbell. I don't think it's. Uh, I don't think it's Marquise Brown. Neither I, do I. But everybody keeps saying that. I would have to think it's either going to be the other kid from Ole Miss or Nikhil Harry. I agree. I think it's going to be AJ Brown from Ole Miss. There you go. Yeah, I I couldn't remember his name. Yeah, I could see later. I could see five up to five wide receivers going in the first round. In a, I think them falls to almost the third. You think who falls? One of them. Probably. Um, pro days will determine a lot of that. Um, I think. Yeah. I mean, we we've talked about Nikhil Harry, and you know, we've touched briefly, I believe, on AJ Brown. Yeah, we have, yeah. The problem is it's DK Metcalf is clearly the cream of the crop. And then there's it seems like there's like a classic drop-off where like that's the guy and then there's a couple other guys. And like that tier B. Do you think that boosts Metcalf's draft status? Um, That Metcalf is far and away the best receiving prospect in this draft? Yeah. Or yeah. the fact that you can say, hey... Let somebody reach for him. We got five others who are like one step behind. Yeah, well, I think a team, I think a, a desperate team like Buffalo could, will, might could, could could do something stupid and trade up to get him. I don't think they have to, but they could. Um, I could see, like I said, I could see five receivers going in the first round. Like if do you think Steelers like, take any to replace Brown? No, we no. Because we are, like, I understand that the name I'm going to throw out, you might scoff at a little bit, but we still technically have Juju, Ryan Switzer, James Washington, and Vance McDonald. Listen, you get a little Look, you can't sit, we're talking about replacing Antonio Brown. Right. I, you're, but here's the thing, you're not going to find that. It's not, a, it's not on the free agent market, and it's not in the trade market. The Steelers also never trade up or down in the draft. We just, wherever we're at, we're at, and we just accept it. Maybe this is when they start to change that. No. If by some miracle Devin White falls to 20, I guarantee you we take him. Well, he's somebody else who's going to fall, I think. Which is perfect. He's a top five talent for sure. I know he is. But the other thing is that... I it, it, see, like you didn't ask me what my wish list was because you're an asshole. But that's that's because you're not going to get anybody. I don't know about that. I could I could see us going after Quan Alexander. 
give me a realistic wish list. A realistic wish list? Yeah. How is Quan Alexander unrealistic? That's your because that's why I didn't ask. That's not a wish list. Well, he's like saying, on, what he's, do you want for Christmas? I want a dirty pair of socks. What do what do I want on my wish list? On my wish list, I would love Earl Thomas. It's not going to happen. Why? Or, or Landon Collins? Why? Because we've invested too many we've invested too many draft picks in the secondary, and Tomlin's not going to let his picks back there, Davis and Edmonds, lose their starting spots for no reason. Despite the fact that Edmonds is not ready to be a starter. If he improves his mental game, he could be a stud. Sean Davis, ironically, was the most improved player, according to Pro Football Focus, on the Steelers between 2017 and 2018. But he, he still... Had a, but, no, he did have a good year. He did, have a, he did have a good year, but I don't trust him to be consistent. Well, that's Edmonds' problem as well. Well, yeah, well, yeah, well Edmonds... I could, I could see Edmonds improving, but he should not have been a first-round pick. Just because his brother went in the first round doesn't mean that you have to take him. You're right. Yeah. And also, let's be real. There was other safeties and other corners we could have drafted that that had great years that we could have easily taken in that in that spot last year. This is why I don't trust Tomlin to make picks. Well, all right. So give me a realistic top three wish list. You got Quan Alexander. I want Quan Alexander. Um, I would I wouldn't mind Michael Crabtree to work the outside opposite Juju. Just I know he's not gonna I know he's not Antonio Brown, but at least it's a proven veteran who can be productive. And I would take Hmm. I would take uh, Ronald Darby. I like the third one the most. Yeah. I I mean, and again, if 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 I get no other free agent, but I get Ronald Darby, I'm thrilled with that. Would you take Darby or Quan Alexander? Whew. Um, I think this class is better linebacker equipped than corner. So I would probably reach for the corner in free agency. Because also, too, how many times have we seen top, like, first, second round corners get drafted and then suck? It happens a lot. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Mo Claiborne. The list goes on. Right. So... More Clay, Mo Claiborne was supposed to be uh, top of the world. I know. Or even point, uh, Sanquez Golson, another one. The list goes on. Yeah, that it does. Yeah, so since the list goes on, I think the Steelers know how to draft linebackers better than corners, so I'd rather go sign the corner and draft a linebacker. But I also, But I also don't think Quan Alexander is going to cost me that much. Because he's got an injury history. If he does cost you, at least you'll get him on a shorter deal. Right. I'll take Quan for three years at seven mil to ten mil a year. That's not going to kill me. You're right. Right, and that's not going to. That's not going to break the bank, and that's going to leave us room to do something else. You're right. But in reality, I would love Landon Collins, but probably 
Landon Collins on a down year is still a top five safety. Oh yeah. So let me ask you another question. Sure. What do you got? Who would you like as your Yankees fourth and fifth starter? Hmm. I had a feeling you were going to ask me this. Um, I as a, as my fourth, I'll take uh, Dallas Keuchel. Wow. Um, as my fifth, give me Jonathan Lewisaga. Really, you like Jonathan Lasagna, huh? Over Domingo Herman, a thousand times, yes. Okay. It seems huh? as though Brian Cashman wants to keep it in house, or you know what I would do? Scratch Keuchel. Give me Gio Gonzalez as a fourth, and I'll take Lewisaga as my five. Um, I don't think Gio would fare well at Yankee Stadium. I don't think Keuchel would either. I don't think Keuchel would either, come to think of it. Right. Hold on. We had, right, and of course. I would be more, if I was, if I was a Yankee fan, I'd more want maybe an opener. Well, we're, we're tossing around that idea too. It's not like we've, we haven't thrown that around. I just think when it comes to, like, at least... It's like, thank God we got Paxton because either him or Tanaka is getting the ball opening day. And Paxton looked damn good yesterday, by the way. Oh, come on, James Paxton. Well, he, James Paxton might he be, faced might the big leaguers. League and home runs allowed this year. He had a great game yesterday. That's all I'm saying. In three and a third, he did well. No runs. And, uh, and we played Philly, which is not a bad offensive team. Let's see how he does come October, Luke. Let's see if he's still in the rotation come October. Oh, he'll be in, he'll be in the rotation. All right, we'll see if he can stay healthy. Oh, yeah, right, barring some stupid, crazy injury, then yeah. But, yeah, All no, right. to answer your question, I'll tell you, if you're going to go the free agent route, neither of the lefties are going to do particularly well. No, they're not. I just That's think, but I, Keuchel I at least has the familiarity like of pitching in the Bronx against us. And still, would, still doing I'd well. Rather take, I'd rather take a chance at a kid like Lasagna and uh, use my bullpen a little more. Can you learn to say Loisaga right? No, I can't. can't that's right. That's right. Because you also fucked up. You fucked up DK Metcalf's name too. How? You said DJ. Oh, uh, what is it? It's DK. I yeah, Donkey Kong. Dude, you know what, man? I think we're illiterate sometimes, huh? Well, I've known that you're. You know, a functioning moron for a while. That's why we're friends, because we're both functioning morons. But whatever the case, yeah, but whatever the case may be, um, yeah, I, I don't see either lefty being particularly well in Yankee Stadium as far as a fit. I can see maybe, and the problem is there's no real other meat on the bone, and you're not going to swing a trade. Like, a, there's not going to be a blockbuster coming down the pipes at halfway through spring training. No, you're right. So, your window, this, like, couldn't have come at the worst time, but there's at least still some talent out there. Oh, listen. The Yankees will be fine. The Yankees should win easily over 100 games, regardless of the fourth and fifth starter is. Right. That and lineup is too good. At least we've and seen Lewisaga come up last year and be, and be good. You gotta remember in the beginning of the year, especially if this is true. If your fourth or fifth starter is pitching, so is theirs. Um, oh yeah. 
And, and whoever is pitching knows he has that offense, and that will take a lot of pressure off. Right. And also, we didn't lose Severino for the year. We He might just get pushed back about two weeks after opening day. It's not going to be cautious with him. Of course. See what happened in the last year. And also given the extension, we just handed him. Yeah. Offense allows you to do that. Mm -hmm. The offensive depth and firepower. It doesn't matter if Machado and Harper are not. Yeah. The one guy who can't, there's one guy who can't get hurt for the Yankees. It is DJ LeMayhew. Um, because he's the one who's literally giving everyone their days off. Andahar needs a day off. DJ go play third. Voight, you need a yeah. you need a day off? All right, go play first. Torres, you need a day off? All right, go slot in at short. You gotta keep a guy like that healthy, Luke, because in the postseason, he's gonna be a difference maker for that. Thousand percent. Yeah, I, As, that's I, a guy I don't want to face. No, oh, hell no. He's got the what, the fourth best average in baseball over the last three years? Well, let's also be fair, he's batted under two sixty five away from Coors Field. Right, but he he's also in a hitter's friendly park again, not a mile in the air. But he's right. at a hitter-friendly park. Do you think? Do I think what? Do you think that the Mets end up playing their young kids or the veterans like Lowry and Frazier? You're gonna play Lowry because he's still productive. If Frazier they both start the year hurt, which they're supposed to. Okay, if they start both, well, Peter. Well, the fact. Okay, the fact that Peter Alonso is even giving or getting competition at first base is stupid. Barring well, injury, is really, I mean, he's raking the ball in the spring. Yeah, but here's the problem. Dom, this is the first time Dominic Smith's hit in about a year, consistently. Uh, three years. Well, actually, he's always hitting the minors. It's the first time he's hit major league pitching, yeah. Right. Well, then you have a good situation on your hands. I agree. Where you could, you could bring up both of them because you don't have a real first baseman, like, real in terms of, like, you don't have Paul Goldschmidt or, like, right. you know, an established veteran. Let them both does, come up and play. Who and, has better years? Who what? Lau and Frazier or Alonzo and McNeil? I would probably say Alonzo and McNeil. Do they end up with better statistics? Probably not. Lowry's like a leg- solid 280 a year guy. Um, I think Alonzo is going to have the same problem that Smith will have where and McNeil could have with like a learning curve. Although I, I trust McNeil to handle McNeil it better. Up. End up having more than thirty home runs this year. Alonzo Alonzo is going to be Joey Gallo with a better average, in my opinion. He's going to hit the ball far. That's what he does. Parks don't hold a guy like him, but but I don't see him batting two hundred five the way Joey Gallo will. I see Alonzo being the two fifty hitter. Right. I see him some being somewhere between two forty five and two sixty five. I'll tell you what, that batting average of 30 home runs, I'll sign up for that every year. Oh, a thousand, and that's your franchise guy now. Right. And that means you don't have to look at Paul Goldschmidt next year when he's a free agent. <laughs> I wouldn't look at him regardless, too well, old. Well, whatever the case may be, I'm just saying that, that, that eliminates a need that you, can, you know, you, that you don't have to go shopping for it. You're right. All right, fair enough. Right. All right, it's a better year. Luis Severino or Jacob DeGrom? DeGrom, that's a stupid question. Next question. Luis Severino or Noah Syndergaard? That's a que- that see they're the same play- they're the same pitcher. I think Syndergaard has a better year statistically. Probably. So, the strikeouts will be high for both. I um, think Luis Syndergaard has more wins. Probably. Sorry, has a better ERA, Severino has more wins. Yeah. That sounds about right. Um 
Here is a fascinating question for you. What do you got? Wins aside, wins taken out of this equation, okay? Uh-huh. Who's the better year, Zach Wheeler or Luis Severino? On strictly stats? Yes, wins aside. Obviously, we know the wins. Will I'm gonna, I'll give you yep. Wheeler and I'm if for one reason and one reason only. Upcoming free agency. Okay. Here's my next question. Aroldis Chapman or Edwin Diaz? Edwin Diaz is the best closer in baseball. Assuming you guys can actually win, Diaz could easily lead the league in, in saves again. Okay. You ready for this one now? Sure. Who has a better year? Brandon Nimmo, Michael Conforto, or Aaron Hicks? Um, that's interesting. In order, in order. Oof, that's a rough one, right? I'm putting Nimmo last. Wow. I would put probably Hicks two. I'd put Conforto one. Okay. Because the and and the only reason yeah. I say I'm that is real. because Hicks Hicks is going to get bounced around between leadoff and cleanup a lot. Right. So there's going to be weeks where he's hitting home runs. There's going to be weeks where he's drawing walks and stealing bases. So that lack of consistency for opportunity is going to make his stats weird. Oh, I agree. Um, Conforto is probably your best player, but he's got, like, offensively him and Cano. But I don't think he's our best player. No. Well, him and Cano and, uh, and Rosario. But the point is he has help in the lineup now. And he has protection. All right, now, Eddie, here's my next question for you. Shoot. Which veteran second baseman will perform better, LeMayhew or Robbie Cano? Uh, LeMayhew. I think Cano's on the decline. I, I say Cano. I disagree with you. I think Cano, that's 270, 275. He good. 22 homers, 78 to 85 RBIs. I could see DJ batting me easily 285. Less power numbers, similar RBI. I but but, but also, DJ's going to play gold glove second base. That's what he does. Oh, she Cano. Cano can, but Cano's the laziest player in baseball. I agree. So, DJ, a proven gold glove winner, she's <laughs> not going to have any problems, especially when he's jumping all over the diamond. All right. All right. Which young shortstop has a better year, Med Rosario or Gleyber Torres? Oh, Jesus Christ. Well, if Rosario plays the way he did in Japan, then I would probably say Rosario, but this also depends heavily on where Torres bats in the order. Okay, I, I agree. I think I think Glaber Torres... Glaber Torres would be batting third for a lot of teams. In the Yankees, he's going to be batting seventh. He's going to be overall... Uh, an MVP candidate at some point. Maybe Torres, not yeah, Torres is probably another year or two away from being MVP level. Like hitting I his think full Rosario potential. might be more valuable to his team than Torres. I think Rosario sure. could be the Jose Reyes of that 2006 Mets team where, That's possible. you know, a walk, um, or, uh, uh, you know, a bunt single, not that Rosario bunts, but uh, or just a line drive single can turn into a triple. Yeah. And... I think he's gonna he could ignite an offense that might be lacking the depth and power of a lineup. Yeah. Right. I th- so I think that statistically Torres ends up with 90 RBIs, 
twenty something home runs. I think he's gonna have a lower average than Rosario. Probably two sixty five for Torres. I could see Rosario batting two eighties. Two eighties, yeah. So I, you know, and I think uh, Rosario, the fact that he's gonna steal that many bases is a big win for the the Mets compared to what Glaber brings to the Yankees. Yeah, well, Torres is also notorious for base running errors. Well, so is yeah, so is so is the whole Mets lineup. Yeah, but at least Rosario. As a pure bag, as a pure bag stealer, Rosario has talent there that you can't really. You can compare yeah, you, to like a Billy Hamilton and Whit Merrifield. He's in that right. like you know Gene Segura and D Gordon, that stratospheric right. level of like the elite base stealers. Yeah, you're right. Because also too, the let's not forget Rosario was running havoc over Japan's best, most highly touted arm. Well, he ended the year extremely hot. And you know what? That Mets offense, in my opinion, ended the year extremely hot. I think they were top five offense the last month and a half. Yeah, but uh, it, that came, what, once they were 20 games out of it? Yeah, but, but it, it was the way the – it was the different players that were – Well, also, but also we talked about this in, well, in the earlier episodes of the Bleacher Creatures where – it was abundantly obvious that the Mets were out of it, and then they just said, fuck it, let's go have fun. Yeah, and they were. We did talk about that earlier, but it was the younger, it was the McNeils doing it. It right. was the Rosario, it was Conforto, and if they could just, you know, repeat that performance of just playing with what they're capable of, not really overachieving, if anything, still underachieving, but just playing to their capabilities, you know, that could be a scary offense. It could be very similar to the Boston Red Sox offense. It could. It really can be. By the way, let me let me ask you this because I know Met fans and Yankee fans obviously tend to have a mutual enemy in Boston. Um, there's an interesting subplot to the Red Sox this year that I'm I'm curious I, I, to, well, to. Met fans not like Boston. Well, just because you've just I because well you okay you love them so uh, some people some people are salty every any from if you talk about '86. Let me tell you something, I. If I wasn't, if I, the reason I became a Mets fan, because everybody was a Yankee fan, I hated Derek Jeter, I hated Williams, hated Posada, despised Pettit and Messina, couldn't stand these assholes. Why? Because they were all super successful all-stars no, and playoff legends? They were all do-it-right Dudleys, all right? Yeah. And, and I couldn't stand that in them. And I thought the Mets were the opposite of the Yankees, so I became a Mets fan. Yeah, and you know, all right, now I got the big beard, right? I definitely look like I've been part of the 2004 uh, Red Sox, the idiots, right, with the tattoos, the beard, just the personality <laughs> for sure would have fit in, right? Yeah, um, I would have been a Red Sox fan if I was a Mets. Well, the sub, the, well, the subplot to the Red Sox this year is they have impending free agents at the end of the year. They have three big ones actually. Who? Chris Sale. J.D. Martinez, Xander Bogarts. That's huge. That, the, that's literally... that. If you throw in Mookie Betts to that equation, that's their four most important players. That's... Uh, yeah, that's not even... It's not even, it's not even a remote argument. But that's basically the core of their lineup and their ace. So... Now... Bogarts is pretty much a guaranteed 290 minimal power, high RBI. 
and I have no problem yeah, saying that. Well, I'm saying he's not going to hit 34. He's not. He's not a power shortstop. He's not Corey Seager. Not yet. Not yet. Right, but he's he'll he'll hit you 20, 22, something in that ballpark. No problem. JD Martinez yeah. is going to probably go berserk again because that park is just perfectly suited for him to hit bombs all the time. Yeah, I agree. And. Chris Sale scares the living shit out of me because after the All-Star break every year, once August rolls around, he forgets how to stay healthy and forgets how to throw strikes. Yeah. I mean, that's going to be a lot of money, though, on the open market. Right. I think that's also the reason they probably didn't do much this year in free agency. I think they're saving their money for a year. Yeah, that bullpen is going to give them serious trouble. That bullpen is garbage. On that team, might be the, that might be one of the worst in baseball. Which and I, per, I've said this, I've gone on record that bullpen will cost them that division. Yeah, no, absolutely, it will. You it have will you have, you trust nobody in that in bullpen, postseason. and you lost Joe Kelly. Will, will it cost them the postseason? How could it not? Well, maybe they can make a few trades. I mean, obviously, a couple of them are going to step up. I mean, right? they're going to. I mean, like even when they got Tyler Thornburg a couple of years ago, right? Yeah. That was a really stupid trade for them in the long run because Travis Shaw has been a great brewer. Travis Shaw was a good Red Sox too. He would, but he was an underperforming Red Sox. Yes, but he was part of the. He could, he was part of their culture. They I, you don't trade guys that are part of your culture when they're slightly underperforming and are young. I wouldn't be shocked. I'm telling you now. I wouldn't be shocked if the Red Sox try and trade either Blake Swihart or Christian Vasquez for relief help. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because at least Swihart's a weird guy where he can catch and play the outfield, so you can use him wherever. But a guy like that, like a Swihart, as far as versatility. Vasquez and Swihart, how uncharacteristically clutch are they in the postseason? Well, you're thinking of Sandy Leone and Vasquez. Oh, sorry, Sandy Leone. Leone's not going anywhere. He's their opening day catcher. Okay, that's yeah, but how insanely clutch was Vasquez? It's weird. And Swihart, they I'm surprised they haven't traded Swihart already because he just sits there and does nothing. He sits in Pawtucket every year and does nothing. Well, I'm sure I'm sure they know they got three and they got some bargaining chips. Right. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird to to think that you know you just have Blake Swihart on the roster and he's just not doing anything because he's blocked. It's like the Yankees uh, with Clint Frazier. Who do you think top three MVP candidates this year? American League. Yes. American League MVP. Uh, number one, Francisco Lindor. Okay. Uh, two, Trout. Okay. Three, Aaron Judge. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna go not in any order, okay? I'm gonna go uh I'm gonna go Mookie Betts. Yeah. Aaron Judge. And uh I'm gonna throw in Trout in there as well. You can't as long as Trout has a heartbeat, he's an MVP candidate. Absolutely. And And Al, who do you got? I got Nolan Arenado. Yep. I got Paul Goldschmidt. Yeah, interesting. And who you got? Oh 
hold on. I gotta think here. I got Bryce Harper. Okay. I I'll take I'll buy Arenado. I'll buy Harper. Um, National League MVP candidate. Uh, give me Javi Baez. Wow. Yeah, I think You're he can do really it again. You're really going all in on the, the one-year wonders. Well, not the one-year wonders, but the one-year superstardom wonders. Uh, Javi Baez, dude, just strikes me as the kind of guy that now he's hit it. I don't see him going back down to earth. And what about Frankie Lindor? Lindor is the best shortstop in baseball. As far as pure shortstop. The MVP candidate is, is a whole other level, you know? Right. Well, here's the thing. If the Indians are... I mean, the Indians are going to win that division by default. Um, but if they're going to be a serious playoff contender, either him or Jose Ramirez, they're both going to have to play out of their minds again. Which tells me that one of them is going to do super damage. And it, I could, you know, you you could take Lindor in my equation and and swap him and him and Ramirez in and out. They, they're they're both going to be super good. They always are. Okay. Who do you got? Al Cy Young. Cy Young. Oh, all right. I got uh, obviously I'm going Chris Sale number one. You think Sale's winning it, or are these just your finalists? These are my final. Okay, so we'll, oh, at the end we'll decide who we think. No, we'll, no, we'll, we'll say we'll say we'll save the the award winners for next episode. Okay, all right. Um, I'm gonna go Chris Sale. Okay. I'm gonna go Verlander. Okay. And my third. Blake Snell. All right. And I'll say, I'll give you Verlander. I'll say, hmm. Yeah, give me Verlander. Give me Garrett Cole. And give me Blake Snell. So you took out Sale for Garrett Cole. Yeah. I think this is the year Sales' shoulder finally fails him. And he, like, misses extended time. That weird windup doesn't help. That's what I'm saying. Eventually, that's the kind of delivery that will destroy you. It's a ticking time bomb. All right, so it's NL. NL, I'll make this real easy. The winner is either going to be Scherzer or DeGrom. And maybe throw in... Fuck, I don't know. Walker Bueller. All right. I, those are, yeah, that's, those are my three. Yeah. Bueller, DeGrom, and Scherzer. Yeah, and then we'll, and I, we'll save Bueller, the award winners for next week. I think Syndergaard is top five, I'll tell you that. I think he has a phenomenal year. Yeah, I can see that. Um, the problem is, as long as DeGrom's there, he's never going to get the uh, recognition. I also think Wheeler finishes top ten. It's possible. Who's your fifth starter now, anyway? Jason Vargas, baby. Still? Yeah, baby. Good Lord. Good fucking Lord. 
I think he's hitting 80 miles an hour these days. Yeah, right. By the way, speaking of uh, hitting 80, you saw Stephen Wright got hit with the old 80 game suspension for the oh, Peds. Yep, I was so I love seeing Red Sox cheat. It's hysterical. It, that one brought me almost as much pleasure as Cano getting suspended last year. Jeez. Yep, I'm a vindictive asshole, John. I'm a vindictive prick. Listen. I'm here. The Red Sox are still the better team in the postseason. For now. But the best team can get beat. I don't know about that. The Red Sox last year were basically hot from opening day. They never got cold. They never lost more than three games in a row. How many times have we seen, I'm going to reference the, what year was it, 2000 and something Rockies that literally didn't lose a game, I think, in September, except for like two? Yeah, didn't they run off? And rode that to a pennant? I think that was the 04 Rockies, the ones that lost to Boston. Yeah. But point is, you can be hot. No, no, uh, 05. Right, no, no, 05 was Houston and uh, Chicago White Sox. 04 was Yankees. Nope, uh, nope, 03 was Yankee Marlin, 04 was Boston and Colorado. Colorado got swept. Right, but it wasn't. All right, both fly, whatever year it was. Yeah. But, yeah, that was the, that, that year you saw a team that was dead come to life win the division, and then ride that heater through the NLCS. Yeah, I agree. I, I hear what you're saying. I'm just, look, I think that I think that the Red Sox are a better postseason team. That's all I'm saying. That's fine. Because the other thing, too, is the, the Red Sox, Mookie Betts didn't have the great World Series. It wasn't, you know, Bogarts. It wasn't. Devers, it wasn't Moreland. I mean, Moreland had a good series. It had a good playoffs, but it was well, it was Steve it's, it's, Pierce. It was fucking Joe Kelly. It was guys like yeah. that. Joe Kelly was a better reliever for them than Kimber. By the way, it wasn't 2004. Well, whatever the hell year it was. <laughs> Not 2005, 2007, Lou? Could be. That sounds right. Yeah. Yep. There you go. She's Luke. You weren't even close. Oh my god. Oh, three years Were you off. Blacked out. Two thousand four. This is when the Red Sox broke the curse. Yeah. Well, that was the year they beat Colorado, though. Oh my god. Oh seven. Who was the World Series in oh seven? Uh, uh, wait. It was Rockies. Uh. Rockies, Red Sox. Oh, 04 was uh, Red Sox Cardinals then. Yeah, so I said earlier. Yeah, so there you know. go. Yep. Oh, great. The, yeah. the details have emerged for what we would have gotten for Antonio Brown. God what damn it. it. Buffalo was going to give us the ninth overall pick. Get the hell out. Fuck you, Antonio Brown. Wow. Mm-hmm. My 
God. By the way, Weddle's, Weddle signed with the Rams. I just saw that two years, 10 now. Yep. So, oh my yeah. God! They were gonna give the ninth overall pick. So I would have gotten, the, I would have had nine and twenty. I could have secured Devin White and gotten a corner. Fuck you, oh Antonio Brown. How does that feel, Luke? To be fucked over by somebody who has done so well. No, you know him. what? Fuck him. Don't trade him. Let him sit. Let him collect no money, and that's it. The ninth pick? Are they insane? Desperate teams will do desperate shit. But now that's good for Pittsburgh. That means the asking price is still pretty good. Yeah, that's that is the one t- good thing you can take away. Luke, how does it feel that you should have the ninth overall pick in this draft? Oh, I if you can trade them, great. If not, sit them. Don't let, let them not play. Let them cry like a little bitch, and that's it. How does it feel that you should have had the ninth pick? It's annoying. I still have 20. It's not like I don't have a first-round pick. I have a first-round pick. Having two would have been a rare luxury, but we don't have it. Damn, Luke. Mm Mm-hmm. So what are your expectations now? For who? What we're getting back? Uh, if the asking price is still, if the if if teams are willing to float a first rounder, then I don't know why Green Bay or a team with multiple first round picks isn't saying something. Oakland, stand up. Green Bay, stand up. You can swing a first rounder, get Antonio Brown, and be fine. Especially if you're Green Bay, you can't you can't cover Adams and Brown at the same time. They both require double coverage. Yeah. You got screwed, Luke. Yeah, that is what it is. I still have a first-round pick. It's not like I don't have one. But either way, let's put a bow tie on this one. We'll save the uh, we'll save the uh, the MLB award stuff for next week. But uh, yeah, yep. So I'm silent here because I'm shocked. Yeah, I'm surprised they offered the ninth overall, but I'll whatever it is, what it is, we'll see what happens. All right, all right, then we'll talk later. Yep. Yeah. All, right. all right, be easy. And that was episode eleven of the Bleacher Creatures podcast, brought to you by Jones for Sports. Uh, if you again haven't done it already, go over to any of the social medias and go follow not only the Bleacher Creatures podcast, but Jones for Sports, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. And give us a like, give us a follow, give us a subscribe, a thumbs up, whatever you got. Um, Also, be on the lookout for us to be dropping a link to Apple Podcasts soon. Uh, We did get submitted. I'm just waiting to hear back from Apple. And yeah, just stay in the loop. And uh, we will talk to you guys next week. Have a good one.